Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you here on Friday, August the 23rd. This week we're focusing on lung cancer. We have a lung cancer series in in a respiratory issue which will be going to the European Respiratory Society meeting coming up in a couple of weeks' time. But specifically we're focusing on the possibility of population screening for lung cancer. This is a subject of uh, series paper number three in this week's issue and I'm delighted to be joined by one of the authors of that paper, Professor John Field, who's from the Royal Castle Lung Cancer Institute at the University of Liverpool. Hello, John Field. Hello, and great to talk to you about this uh, paper. John, before we go into some of the details of what you're proposing here, obviously very interesting it is, the potential of population screening for lung cancer. We'll hear your thoughts in a moment. Just remind us, if we don't already know, the massive toll on illness and death that lung cancer has worldwide. Well, the data that came out actually and uh, was published in uh, your own journal in 2012 actually demonstrates that lung cancer increased from the eighth cause of death in 1990 to the fifth cause of death in 2010. That's just two decades. And this is because there's an increase of 48% uh, death in lung cancer worldwide. Now, if we actually look where this problem lies, an awful lot of it really is in Southeast Asia and in China. Ping Zhao in 2010 published a paper um, on cancer trends in China. There's been an increase of 465% during the past 30 years, and it's now the leading cause of death in the current decade. And the WHO estimated uh, that by the year 2025, more than a million Chinese will be diagnosed with lung cancer alone each year. So from a world point of view, lung cancer is a major issue. Now, your paper is talking about the potential of population screening for lung cancer. What evidence is there around to date that suggests that actually population screening is the right way to go with lung cancer? Before I start, I'll just uh, say that this paper was written by with three of my colleagues, and just so the uh, listeners realise uh, the background of these uh, people, uh, Professor Matthias Ukerk is in fact the lead uh, radiologist for the Nelson trial, which is the largest of all the European trials. He's put a tremendous amount of work and effort into volumetric analysis. And my other colleague is Professor Jesper uh, Holtz. Peterson, who is a surgeon, and he's actually the PI for the Danish CT screening trial, and also Professor Stephen Duffy, who is a professor of screening at the Wolfson Institute in London. So each of these individuals have contributed to this uh, paper, and we've broken it down into a number of uh, areas. And we actually feel that population screening is actually the way forward for lung cancer. A great deal of work has been done in building this up over the previous years, and the major trial that has run and been reported is the NLST, and I'll come back to that again. And in fact, also there are um, six trials within Europe, the largest of which is the Nelson trial. The Nelson is uh, planned to report in 2015-16, and we have a plan in place where we're then going to pool the European data of the other trials with the Nelson, mainly because we expect to get data on cost-effectiveness within the European community and also get further detail on mortality. Thank you very much. Now, you mentioned there the Nelson trial data eagerly awaited from that, but not until 2015, 2016. Nevertheless, you do propose there are, there are key areas, aren't there, that, that need clarification, that need thought and input now before we get the results of Nelson. Correct. When the NLST trial was reported, there are a number of organizations, uh, the five uh, professional organizations in the USA, that actually have come out with recommendations. But there's one international group called the 
International Association for Study of Lung Cancer, and that represents people right across the whole globe. And we identified a number of areas where we felt that, in fact, before decisions were made to implement, we seriously had to consider what the outstanding questions were. These questions fall into a, a number of categories. First of all, identifying the correct population. In other words, identifying a high-risk population, and this may be used uh, utilizing uh, risk modeling. We also need to develop radiological guidelines for national screening programs. The NLST went for diameter, whereas a lot of the Europeans feel that we should be using volumetric analysis, and I can come back to that. We also need to actually look at creating guidelines for the clinical workup of indeterminate nodules, i.e. these are the nodules that fall into that gray space of how long do you follow them up and do, when do you start to do investigations. Also, we need to develop the guidelines for pathology reporting of nodules. Now, in fact, a ISLAC group of pathologists have actually made a major contribution in this area, and that's probably the most advanced of all of these areas internationally. The other area is the recommendations for how we deal with these nodules, be it surgical or other therapeutic interventions. And finally, from a public health point of view, we should not be introducing CT screening unless we are also doing that with smoking cessation programs, because we still have to remember the main way of a stopping lung cancer is actually tobacco control and therefore we need to have an integrated smoking cessation and uh, CT screening programs. And do you want to just give an indication or a little bit more detail about some of the things you raised there, particularly the volumetric assessment? That's going to be a, a key issue, isn't it? I agree. Uh, and in fact, the uh, Nelson Group have led on this. Uh, other groups have also internationally worked on it, but they have probably the first group to um, literally include it in their trial protocol. And if one considers that actually measuring diameter and looking for increase in size of nodules during follow-up, and also looking at volume. And we feel that, in fact, you need to have volume because if individuals look at our paper, you can see there's an excellent figure demonstrating that the diameter can increase by a small amount and actually can look quite insignificant when you actually look at the volume. So if you have... Um, 5.35 millimeters and it goes to 5.78 millimeters, you're actually going from 80 millimeters cubed up to 100 millimeters cubed. Therefore, there are many arguments when you're actually dealing with indeterminate nodules. You want to have the exact volume of the nodule at baseline and then at follow-up screens in order to make the decision if you're going to continue screening or if you're going to move the patient over into a, let's say, uh, investigative procedures such as biopsy or um, needle biopsy. The figures that are given by uh, the Nelson Group and also by ourselves in uh, UKLS is that we are actually looking at an increase in volume of 25% as the decision point that's a nodule has increased in size. And Professor Field, you do intriguingly do some statistical modelling which suggests that screening could save, save X number of lives and you do that for the UK and the United States, is that right? You're correct uh, and uh, Professor Stephen Duffy has actually undertaken the uh, analysis utilising the NLST and uh, other data sets to come up with these projections. Now they are projections but uh, he has calculated it for both the UK and the USA, and the actual figures are given within the paper. Indeed, but they, 
But in summary, they do suggest that screening will save lives in the future. Exactly. And finally, what's your call to action? Because as, as you do emphasize in the paper, the results of Nelson, this European trial, uh, are absolutely key, but are not here for another couple of years. But you are calling for action now, aren't you? And, and the establishment of what you call demonstration studies. Do you want to tell us about that? We don't want to wait until 2016 and then turn around and say, and we have extra questions that have to be resolved before we would even consider the implementation of lung cancer screening. So we want to work closely with the UK National Screening Committee and look at the various issues. One of the major questions is going to be the frequency of which one screens. So we are suggesting and we would argue that demonstration projects are put in place now before the Nelson and certainly to ask the question, would biannual screening in a particular group of individuals, a certain age group, and using a particular cutoff for nodule growth would be the correct way forward. And by putting that in place now, we would have that information which would be coming out in the same t timeline as a Nelson and the European data. And thereby, we're not going to be a decade delayed. We would be actually moving forward. So in the meantime, the US Preventive Services Task Force have actually published an extensive document. It's a draft document for one month of this, in this month on lung cancer screening. In brief, they are recommending that annual screening of low-dose CT is undertaken utilizing the NLST entry criteria, which is smoking for a number of years and ex-smokers. It is of interest that they are actually recommending screening between the ages of 55 and 79 years of age. They haven't commented on cost-effectiveness, but I don't believe that is their, probably their role. However, to undertake a CT screening in the UK or within Europe, cost-effectiveness is going to be our prime uh, decision point, and therefore we eagerly await the data that's going to come from the NLST regarding cost-effectiveness. But the data that's going to come from Nelson and the European will be pivotal in us making a decision to take this forward. Finally, can I just say that if we let the opportunity for CT screening fade away, we are doing a tremendous disservice to all of the individuals with lung cancer in this country. So we need to find a way of taking it forward, probably within the next three to four years. Well, it's a fascinating topic. That was Professor John Field from the University of Liverpool Cancer Research Centre. And do look out for all the other lung cancer content in this issue, particularly the lead editorial. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.